but he wished that it had been he who had found this pamphlet on Eastern philosophies, which had led Mrs. Quantock to make the inquiries that had resulted in the epiphany of the guru. Of course, when once Lucia had heard about it, she was certain to constitute herself head and leader of the movement. And it was really remarkable how completely she had done that. In that meeting in the garden just now, she had just sailed through Mrs. Quantock as calmly as a steamer cuts through the waters of the sea, throwing her off from her penetrating bows like a spent wave. But, baffled though she was for the moment, Georgie had been aware that Mrs. Quantock seethed with revolutionary ideas. She deeply resented this confiscation of what was certainly her property, though she was impotent to stop it, and Georgie knew just what she felt. It was all very well to say that Lucia's schemes were entirely in accord with the purposes of the guides. That might be so, but Mrs. Quantock would not cease to think that she had been robbed. Yet nothing mattered if all the class found themselves getting young and active and loving and excellent under this tuition. It was that notion which had taken such entire command of them all. And for his part, Georgie did not really care who owned the guru, so to speak, if only he got the benefit of his teachings. For social purposes, Lucia had annexed him, and, doubtless with him in the house, she could get little instructions and hints that would not count as a lesson. But, after all, Georgie had still got Olga Bracely to himself, for he had not breathed a word of her advent to Lucia. He felt rather like one who, when revolutionary ideas are in the air, had concealed a revolver in his pocket. He did not formulate to himself precisely what he was going to do with it, but it gave him a sense of power to know it was there. The train came in, but he looked in vain for his sisters. They had distinctly said they were arriving by it, but in a couple of minutes it was perfectly clear that they had done nothing of the kind. For the only person who got out was Mrs. Weston's cook, who, as all the world knew, went into Brinton every Wednesday to buy fish. At the rear of the train, however, was an immense quantity of luggage being taken out, which could not all be Mrs. Weston's fish, and indeed, even at that distance, there was something familiar to Georgie about a very large green holdall which was dumped there. Perhaps Hermie and Ursie had travelled in the van because it was such a lark, or for some other tomboy reason. And he went down to the platform to investigate. There were bags of golf clubs, and a dog, and portmanteau, and even as the conviction dawned on him that he had seen some of these objects before, the guard, to whom Georgie always gave half a crown when he travelled by this train, presented him with a note scrawled in pencil. It ran, Dearest Georgie, it was such a lovely day that when we got to Paddington, Ursie and I decided to bicycle down instead. So, for a lark, we sent our things on, and we may arrive tonight, but probably tomorrow. Take care of Tiptree and give him plenty of jam. He loves it. Yours, Hermie. P.S. Tipsy Poozy doesn't really bite. It's only his fun. <laughs>